guys, it's Pastor Dustin here. Listen, uh, one of the things I love about being a youth pastor is getting to celebrate seniors as they graduate high school. And this year, with all the schools shutting down, a lot of our seniors are missing out on that celebration. So at Crossroads, we decided to take the celebration to them. So we're going on a journey to party. Yes! And we are going to surprise our graduates with a gift. So come with us as we go door to door to all of our seniors. Well, good morning, Crossroads, and welcome. I am so glad that we were able to celebrate our senior class this year. It's been a difficult end to what is supposed to be the best year of school, and to be able to celebrate them that way and highlight their achievement 
Congratulations to all of our graduates. That is something to really celebrate in a big way. Uh, We are in week four of our series called Quarantine, and up until this point, we've been talking about uh, relational uh, isolation, of of realizing this is an opportunity to not isolate ourselves from God, that most important relationship that we can focus on, but to instead lean in and focus on how we can use this time to draw closer to Jesus than we have ever been. We've talked about the realization that this is an opportunity for us to grow closer together in our marriages. No more spousal distancing, right? We're going to draw closer to Jesus. We're going to draw closer to each other. Last week, we took, took on the idea idea of of being a parent in quarantine, pandemic parenting, and just identified some key principles that help us do the best that we can to pass this legacy of faith on to our our next generation and to parent the best way we know how during this time of chaos. Well, today we're talking about quarantine dreams. We're talking about how we embrace life when the dreams that we've been uh, just putting all of our hope in get put in isolation, when everything in life that we've been looking forward to gets placed on hold, when everything gets turned upside down. And the question that I just want to ask you today before we dive in is simply this, what quarantined dream do you need to surrender to God? What is it right now that you're struggling with? What is the painful situation that you're trying to navigate that you've really been struggling with? You've been trying to figure out how to navigate it. And at this point, you just realize, I got to stop trying doing this on my own. It's time for me to surrender this dream to God. Because what happens in life, and this is going to happen because you will face trouble. That's a promise we see in scripture. What happens to us in life is that we're going to face situations and circumstances that simply don't turn out the way that we thought they would. It's, it's just not going to go right. And when life goes wrong, when our dreams get quarantined, God is very interested in how we respond. And if we're capable, if we're willing to just surrender these quarantine dreams to Jesus and let him take control of these these situations that we really don't have control over anyway, we have the opportunity to grow. We have the opportunity to become more like him. And I would contend that when we're able and willing to surrender these dreams to Jesus, that we're able to become more like him and see him do things we never would have imagined were possible. He shows up on the scene. He he proves himself to be our, our, our creator, our savior, our Lord. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. There is no one like him. And we see this, we realize this in our lives when we have the ability, again, to surrender these quarantine dreams to God. Now, quarantine dreams can take on different types of looks. I mean, all kinds of tragic interruptions uh, come at us in life, whether it's facing an illness, whether it's facing divorce, whether it's facing uh, the death of a loved one, or just a difficult circumstance where you lose a job, or just things aren't going right. The bottom line is we've got to be willing, we've got to be ready to surrender these moments to God. Because these are the moments where he, again, he shows up on the scene and he does things that we never would have imagined were possible. We see a great example of this in the book of John. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible of Jesus because we see him relate on a very personal level to some people who he considered very close friends. And because of their closeness, because their relationship is so tight, what you see here is a real personal side of Jesus that you don't always see. And it's not even compassion or kindness. What you see here is real emotion and grief that is tied to this sense of loss, this quarantine dream. Jesus experienced this himself. And so this is a great story to dive into in John chapter 11, the story of Jesus and Lazarus. It starts this way. It says, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, 
Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Now, that is kind of weird. It sounds kind of strange, right? We don't do that in our culture today. That was a thing back then. You got your feet washed because your feet got dirty walking around all over the place. And this was a high honor. I mean, Mary had treated Jesus with a high honor by washing his feet with this expensive perfume. So it says her brother Lazarus was sick. They were all friends, right? So so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. This was important to Jesus. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. What we realize here is that while we always see problems, we have to recognize God still has plans, all right? He has plans that are beyond our understanding, plans that are beyond our thinking, His ways are higher than our ways. And so even though they're a little bit nervous, Lazarus is sick, Jesus is saying, I've got this. I know what this situation entails, and everything is going to be okay. Listen, if you're going to surrender your dreams to somebody, isn't it good to surrender your dream to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? There's no one better to surrender your quarantine dream to than Jesus, all right? He's God, and he loves you with an extravagant love. Stop holding on tightly to this quarantine dream, all right? surrender that dream to Jesus. So here's what we learn. So although Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days, which seems crazy, right? He has no sense of urgency to get to Lazarus and help him out. Like, what are you doing? What's happening? Get over here. Lazarus is sick. He needs you. So finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, this is a pretty, you know, this is a difficult moment, all right? Uh, He's been kind of waiting around for a couple days. Lazarus was sick. Now he's telling them he's dead. And you can recognize here that in the middle of, of this scenario, There's a reality here that when it comes to our broken dreams, when it comes to those quarantine moments in life, these moments are painful, all right? Let's let's make no bones about it. Let's not act like everything is always rosy, everything is always great, everything is always easy. It's not. In fact, Jesus promises in life, you will face troubled times. But then he also promises, hey, take heart because I have overcome the world, all right? There's nothing that you're going to experience that, that I can't handle that I don't already know is happening, that I'm not aware of, that I don't have control over. You got to trust that God knows what he's doing and put your trust in him. Surrender this broken moment, this quarantine dream to him. These moments are painful. And listen, I think a lot of times we, we think that when, when we are experiencing these, these moments of quarantine dreams, when we're experiencing the painful situations, that we're the only ones hurting. But when you look through scripture, you see the reality is there are all kinds of people, even our Bible heroes, that experienced broken dreams. I mean, from the very beginning, you had Joseph in Genesis who had these dreams of greatness. God gave him dreams that he would be the ruler over all of these brothers of his, all of these people that he imagined. He would have everyone that he knew bowing down to him. And yet, before that became reality, he was thrown into a pit, you know? He was sold into slavery. Everything that he knew was ripped away and taken away from him. His whole life got turned upside down before he realized the dream and the purpose that God had for him. 
You know, a lot of the, the same principles apply to David. King David, who at an early age was anointed the next king of Israel. Well, in his mind, he's thinking, this is awesome. I've got an easy path. I'm going to be the king. Well, he goes to the palace. He's playing his heart for Saul. He thinks he's halfway there. When all of a sudden, King Saul's now throwing spears at him. David spent years of his life running from Saul. Saul was trying to kill him with armies of people, soldiers, trying to track David down across the countryside and kill him. That's not what David thought life was going to look like. He had to navigate some pretty difficult times in life before that purpose and plan that God had for him was finally revealed. Think about the Apostle Paul traveling through the New Testament. His mission that he believes is from God is to persecute the Christians. He's holding on to the old traditions. He's doing everything he can to prove himself faithful by doing good works that he perceives as holy and righteous. And that's when he encounters Jesus on the road to Damascus and everything in his life is turned upside down. He is blinded. He's hit with the reality that everything had been, he'd been doing up until that point in his life was wrong. He'd been on the wrong side. I mean, these are moments that blow your mind. You're going, how can this be? All these people, people we consider heroes of the Bible, experienced these moments in their lives where it was difficult. It was painful. But God used each of these circumstances and each of these situations to strengthen them, to mold them into who it was they needed to be to fulfill that purpose and that plan that God had for him. And I just want to remind you today that if you're walking through the valley, if you're experiencing the pain today of a quarantine dream, life has not turned out the way you thought it would, you're experiencing some real turmoil in your life. I want you to know it's okay. Broken dreams, quarantine dreams, they're painful. And we've got to figure out how to navigate through that and, and feel, figure out what that looks like to surrender these moments to Jesus. Uh, the story continues. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Mary got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. What you see are two very different responses, right? One of the sisters is ready to come and see Jesus. Martha goes and sees Jesus. Mary stays in the house. She's just not ready to talk to Jesus yet. I think you've got to recognize there are natural progressions in how we respond to difficult situations in life. It's the five stages of grief, right? I mean, we've identified those in our culture uh, in psychological circles. You, you recognize that that first stage of grief really is denial, right? Where shock is what's pacing your feelings of grief. You really can't realize or, or can't really uh, imagine that what has happened is actually true. And so you go through this stage of denial where your true feelings take a while to surface, but when they do, you get to stage number two, right? And you're dealing with anger and you're feeling all kinds of emotion, but it's mostly pain because you are experiencing painful moments in your life. And that's okay. You're going to experience pain. But the thing is, when you're in that stage of anger, you're saying, God, why have you allowed this to happen? God, where are you at in this time? Your emotion is kind of running the show and it, it surfaces itself in, in anger because of the pain you were experiencing. Well, once you work through that, what you realize is the next stage is bargaining. And this is where you're making deals with God, right? Like, if only it could have been different. You dream, you, could this be real? Is this a dream? I'm, I need to wake up. This can't be reality, right? And you try to do anything you can to just negotiate your way out of this painful situation. But the bottom line is you're working through these stages of grief grief. You're trying to navigate your way through this and, and work your way back to that sense of normalcy. After you deal with bargaining, you, you actually a lot of times end up in a place of depression. And this is because you are just focused on the present. You're grappling with a new reality of, of loneliness 
in emptiness. Because in the middle of your quarantine dream, I mean, you're experiencing loss. You're experiencing grief. And that's part of the pain of the journey when your dreams get broken. When you find that everything in life's been turned upside down. Once you work through these stages, what we've realized is you kind of get to this place of acceptance, right? It's, it's embracing that new normal. And it doesn't mean that everything's okay, but it does mean that you're able to experience joy again. And that slowly but surely you're getting back to a place where you are okay. You still carry around that sense of loss. There are some things that we experience in life as, as human beings that never fully go away, that will always be with us. But I want to encourage you today, if you're walking through that pain, you're going to be okay. Joy, hope, peace, they are in your future. I just challenge you to surrender that broken dream to Jesus today. It's painful. That's okay. You're going to make it. You can get through this. You've got to surrender that quarantine dream to Jesus. Well, the story goes on. Here's the thing. Broken dreams not only are painful, but these quarantine dreams are personal. All right? And that's when they hurt the most. And this is what Mary and Martha are really grappling with in this moment. Because in their mind, Jesus took his time to get there. They had put their trust in Jesus. They had personally seen Jesus do all kinds of miracles, heal all kinds of people. And in their minds, they're just thinking, Jesus, if you would have just shown up a day or two earlier, you could have healed Lazarus. We wouldn't be going through this suffering and this pain. But Jesus had a bigger plan in mind. This is interesting how this unfolds now. Broken dreams are personal. It says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now... I know that God will give you whatever you ask. That's a powerful statement. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise again when everyone else rises at that last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Man, what a powerful statement. Recognize she is talking to Jesus. Can you imagine just being face to face and talking to Jesus? God in the flesh. He walked on this planet 2,000 years ago. I just, man, if you could live any time, honestly, I would choose that time and just be in the crowds following Jesus. What an extraordinary thing to be able to witness and to see firsthand the love and the compassion that he had for people, the way that he performed miracles and did extraordinary things that had never been seen before. And in this moment, with total faith, You've got, you've got Martha saying to Jesus, listen, anything is possible with you. I know that whatever you say, that's going to happen. And Jesus' response is simply, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And I hope that you'll remember today that Jesus is one who brings real life. It's life to the fullest. It's not an empty life. It's a life that's filled with purpose. It's a life that's filled with meaning. It's a life that is eternal in nature. And I think a lot of times we tend to focus on the temporary when we're walking through the valley, when we're experiencing the pain, because man, those quarantine dreams, they're painful and they are personal and it eats away at you. But the, at the end of the day, man, we focus on physical healing. Yeah, it, physical healing is important, but it's temporary. In Jesus, we have someone who's offering us the resurrection and the life. Jesus is offering a spiritual healing. It's a healing of our soul. And this healing that he offers us is eternal in nature. It is what gives us hope that goes far beyond anything that this world could possibly offer us. So that no matter what valley you find yourself in, no matter what darkness you find yourself trying to navigate your way through, no matter how painful, no matter how personal this quarantine dream is, you have the hope of life in Jesus. So when he says to her, I am the resurrection and the life, this is a powerful 
an astonishing moment, especially as the story unfolds. He goes on to explain, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I've always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went uh, to him. It says, Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's the same response. But she's still suffering. She is still grieving. She has not worked through this quite as, as quickly as her sister has. And so when Mary is sitting here weeping at the feet of Jesus, saying, Jesus, why didn't you come sooner? I know you could have healed him. You waited. It was, two, it was two days. Why didn't you come? I mean, at this point, she's saying, Jesus, I thought we were friends. We care about each other. Lazarus is one of your dearest companions. Where have you been? In this moment, she's not sinning. She's not doing anything to grieve the Spirit of God. She's just laying it out there in her pain, asking these questions. She's saying, God, I'm hurting here. What's the deal? Where have you been? Why did you allow this to happen? And what's important to see here is that, man, despite the pain, despite the questions that we have, I, I want you to believe this today. Your quarantine dreams, those times when you hurt the most, they are painful. They can be deeply personal. But I want to challenge you with this reality. They are also purposeful. God has a way of taking these moments and making us stronger. He has a way of taking these moments and helping us become more like him. What's really important here that I, I want you to, to grapple with and, and remember is that when we're dealing with these difficult times in life, and we're going to deal with difficult times in life, that's a promise, it's going to happen. When we're trying to navigate our way through the darkness and walk through the valley, I want you to know today, God is not quite as concerned about what it is that you are waiting for as much as he is concerned with who you are becoming while you wait. That is the ultimate purpose in the pain that we experience. God wants to see how we respond. He wants us to grow in our character. He wants us to fully trust in who he is and realize that when we get to that point where we surrender our quarantine dream to Jesus, that's the place where we're able to be most fully transformed into who he is, and it's the opportunity we have to become more and more like him than we ever could have possibly. The thing is, it takes these trying times for us to grow. If you want to get better at something, you have to practice, right? You have to put in the work. Sometimes that's painful. If you're working out, you're trying to build muscle, that means you've actually got to tear muscle to build muscle. It's painful. But to grow, you've got to go through those painful moments. And that's how life is. That's how we become more like Jesus. That's how we grow. That's how we blossom. It's how we mature in our faith. It's through these difficult times. God uses the pain. There is a purpose in the pain. And it helps us become more like him. Now, that doesn't make it easier to navigate. But I want you to know that God is in your pain. Now, I need to make this clear as well because God doesn't thrive on, on doling out pain on us, all right? He's not the God in the sky who's, who's, you know, taking joy and smiting people and striking people with lightning. Remember, this wasn't part of his original plan. 
when he created all that we know and, and, the, and the creation story, we recognize that God stepped back and saw that everything he had made was good. All of this entered the world, the sickness, the suffering, the pain, the sin, when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit. You know, it really is of our own doing. We turned our back on God. We broke our relationship with him. Everything on, on planet earth is broken because we chose to turn our backs on God. But God loves us so much that even in the midst of the pain, even in the midst of us turning our backs on him, he offers us hope. That's why Jesus came to planet earth. He is the resurrection and the life. He came to restore this brokenness. He came to heal the pain. That's the whole reason he is here. He loves you with an extravagant and an extraordinary love. He paid the ultimate price. He experienced the ultimate pain so that we could have the hope of eternity with him. That place where every tear will be wiped from our teeth, uh, from our face. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more pain. You guys, that's the purpose of why Jesus is here. He hates it when we suffer, and yet he uses it for our benefit. He, helps, uh, he uses that to help make us stronger and to become more like him. Again, he's not so concerned about what you're waiting for. Man, he is really concerned in who you are becoming while you wait. So I encourage you today, embrace Jesus in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your quarantine dream. Draw close to him. Surrender that, that hurt and that pain to him because that's how you become more like Jesus. And that's when he reveals himself in ways you would never have imagined possible to see him move. Here's what it goes on to say. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. This is an extraordinary moment in the life of Jesus because you see the emotions here, right? He was angry. He hates death. He hates suffering. He hates pain. He did not create that. He loved Lazarus. He wept just like we do when we lose someone we love. He felt all of these emotions the same way that we do. This was the manhood of Jesus. This was him in, his, in all of his humanness uh, exhibiting the same emotions that we do. He hurt the same way that we hurt. And he, he grieved the same way we grieve when it came to his friend Lazarus. The thing is, there was purpose in this pain. And it's extraordinary what Jesus does here. It says, the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. That's an interesting side note that made scripture. I'm not sure why, but it's a valid point. It would have been a little smelly. So it says in verse 40, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all those people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And this is the moment where everything changes. Because here's how the story ends. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen because they couldn't believe what they had just seen. Jesus, God in the flesh, had just raised Lazarus to life. There was purpose in the pain. God used this for his glory. He used this opportunity to help them grow. I need to ask you this question today. What quarantine dream 
are you experiencing that you need to surrender to God? What valley are you walking through? What darkness is it that you're trying to navigate where your life has been placed on hold or it's just been turned upside down? What's the pain? What's the hurt that today you need to just to surrender to God? I want to challenge you with this truth today. He loves you with an extravagant love. He loves you and there is nothing that you can do about it. And I affirm today that he loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to become more like him. And I challenge you today with this reality, this truth, and it's a painful one. God uses our quarantine dreams to help us become more like him. These are the hardest lessons, but they're the lessons that take us farther in our relationship with God and allow us to see him do things that we never would have seen otherwise. And so I encourage you today to stop holding on to this dream on your own, on your own strength, to, to, to stop navigating this darkness and this valley on your own, and instead to just stop and surrender your broken dream to Jesus and give it all to him. Can we close in prayer together? Jesus, I thank you today for who you are and for the way that you love us. And I ask right now, God, that you would meet us where we are at. I know that there's so many people watching this right now from all different walks of life and different places from anywhere and everywhere. And God, you know every single situation that's happening right now in the life of every single person that's watching. And God, that's what's amazing about you. You care about each and every one of us. And my prayer, God, right now is that we would be willing to surrender our broken and quarantined dreams to you, that we'd be willing to give you the pain, the hurt, the anger, the sorrow that we are carrying with us and lay that at your feet, Jesus. My prayer is that you would be the God of hope and that you would fill us with all joy and peace today, Jesus, as we put our trust in you. We love you and we thank you and we praise you. We pray this in your holy name today. Amen.